0: Hey, guys, I'm Eric McLean.
1: And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome in to the Gramlich and McLean podcast. Mac, another week of just four games, kind of odd. I'm not sure if this is how it was last year. I don't remember it being this way, but that means we can go... (laughs) in-depth on each of these four games. We have a ranked versus ranked matchup in Clemson and Syracuse. We will start there. But first, Mac, I want you to take the listeners and the viewers on YouTube. By the way, we hit 1,000. Shout out. I think we actually are close to 1,100 now. So, Syracuse fans, you guys did it. Um, but, Mac, what are you doing today? You're you're cooking some ribs? Is that is that what you're doing? I,
0: I wish that I was on my phone, that I could take you outside to see this because – It's been way too long. You know, Baby, moving baby football season, it's kind of taken away my ability to cook some things that I wanted to cook. And last week, I hopped back into the saddle with some chicken wings. This week, I'm like, khaki, we're doing it. We're going Super Bowl. We're going three racks of ribs. And so that's what I have on there right now. They're smoking away. We've probably got about five and a half hours left. Uh, so, so it's going to be good. I got to go out there. We might have to cut this episode short. I need to go spritz them with apple juice to make sure that they stay nice and, uh, don't dry out at all. So that's what we're doing right now. My favorite time of the year, it's crisp outside. Mm -hmm. It's a little chilly, throw on like a little hoodie or something. When you go out there, it's the best time. It's the best time.
1: (laughs) It is. I, I like that Mac. And I know this, we're recording this on Thursday, by the way. So, Mac is making a Super Bowl rack of ribs for the Georgia Tech Virginia game. As ah. is everyone,
0: it, it will obviously. not. It's not for the Amazon Prime Thursday night six to three <laughs> game. It will not be for that.
1: <laughs> well, D Hop is back. You know, we'll see what happens. That's true. But okay, Mac, tell. I don't know if you want to share the secret. Can you tell the people what you use as your binder? Because I don't think I've oh, ever heard of this before. You're
0: getting people. Do you really want to tell people or absolutely, no? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so I have this little secret that. My cousin saw. I, Khaki maybe have seen it. I think it was. Let me ask her. Hey, Khaki. <laughs> Kat, did you find the Chick Fil A sauce binder, or was that Rhino? Okay, she was a good cousin. She said we both found it. So oh, they found with it that in mind, I time. might give a little more credit to her. Um, so you use Chick Fil A sauce as the binder. And mm-hmm. so for those that don't know, you have like the the, the ribs. After you kind of clean them up, do whatever you want to, and then. For me, I like to put a binder on there, which is normally a mustard. Some people thing you can do some barbecue sauce. Most of the time, you want to do mustard. So I do Chick Fil A sauce, and then mm. I put on which is so good. You need to try it if you haven't. Yeah. And then I put on these different rubs from a guy called Meat Church out in Texas. Uh, the, the one that I like right now is called Texas Sugar. It's this brown cinnamon base. It is so good. It, it's unbelievable. So. They don't, they don't sponsor the podcast. They should. But go check out Meat Church. Go check out Chick-fil-A. Make your rack <laughs> of ribs and show it to us on Instagram. That'd be a lot of fun to see.
1: If you've ever heard of Chick-fil-A, you know, go check them out. If you've ever State
0: heard of that Faith small Post. company, small faith-based company.
1: We actually will have a, <laughs> a condiment and other things joining us again Come soon. On. Here on the pod. So Can't stay wait. tuned for that. But I just thought the people would like a little grilling tip from Mac before we dive into these games. Here. They will be Thank seeing you for sharing it. your that's wisdom. That's
0: right. They'll see it yesterday. They'll hear about it today. yesterday. That's, that's what's going to happen.
1: <laughs> yesterday night. Okay, let's dive into our big four breakdown here. And let's start with the big game of the weekend. Number 14, Syracuse, undefeated, 6 0, 3 0 in the ACC. At number 5, Clemson, 7 0, 5 0 in the ACC. People forget Clemson's already played so many <laughs> ACC games because they have Notre Dame and South Carolina left on the schedule. So they've got two non-conference games left. So with this game, this is a noon game on ABC. It's at Clemson. Tigers are a 13 and a half point favorite. The total is at 50. I told Mac that not just this game but the other three games this weekend, I struggled making my picks against the spread. I thought every game I had to really think about. Every game. And Mac kind of laughed at me, so I'm wondering where he's thinking there. But let's start with the Tigers. And Mac, I want to start with Clemson's defense because one of the main reasons why I was was, and maybe am considering having Syracuse cover here is because this Clemson defense, with all the hype it had coming into this season, and this is rare for a Clemson defense to not live up to the hype, but it really hasn't. And and I I think that's a little bit of a concern against the Syracuse offense that has a lot of weapons – and is if you listen to our Garrett Schrader interview, feeling pretty confident.
0: <laughs> I'm right there with you. I think it is something where preseason, yeah, you know, we, we thought this was going to be a Georgia-like defense we, yeah. from a year ago. We thought this was going to be a 2018 Clemson defense. You know, one of the potential, you know, to be the best ever. You know, especially when you look at that defensive line and these guys got hit with the injury bug really hard and, and some continuity got kind of, you know, exposed by a couple of teams early on when you saw a screen game and quick game and really teams all, all year have been able to throw really well against Clemson, which is, is a right. little bit off. And on top of that, Clemson, not nearly, you know, having the tackle for loss and sack number that they've mm-hmm. had in, in previous years, which is crazy to look at when you look at this team's skill set and their personnel. Um, I think one thing that is interesting, KG, is after they have kind of been exposed, if you will, against Wake Forest, you know, they they threw for a million yards. Sam Hartman just threw another passing touchdown. Um, They responded and, and played a really good game. Now they kind of were exposed a little bit, you know, by FSU, something that we haven't seen in a long, long time. You know, I kind of reflected back to, you know, my time in 2014 when we played Georgia. I'm sure it might have happened since then, but... Not with this success that we saw FSU have running the football, and then right. Clemson had a, a defensive players meeting only. You know, and, and I love how those things go. That's interesting. When, when, when you feel like as a player, as a captain, as a leader of that team, you have to call a players only. That that is a come to Jesus. That is we're going to say things the coaches can't. We're, we're going right at people's necks. We're calling each other out. We're saying, hey. What is the issue? Not sure what that is. You know whether it's lack of attention to detail, not doing their jobs. Coach Dabo Sweeney said sometime in the week they they gave up like twenty four missed tackles yeah. or twenty four like the most Clemson's ever had. So I think that that meeting was was certainly warranted. With that in mind, Kelly Graham, like I expect to see a, a unbelievable effort from these Tigers, a really motivated effort, a, a high level performance defensively to where maybe we see them put together their, their most complete game?
1: Perhaps. You know, I, I think that <laughs> they're definitely going to be motivated, but I, I think that it's fair to doubt this defense a little bit right now. Now, they did put it together in the second and third quarters against Florida State, they were a lot better. The first quarter and the fourth quarter, th- those were problems. And you gave, lot, gave up a lot of rushing yards to FS, two of FSU's backs who are not even their main guy, but are still two good backs. Syracuse has Sean Tucker, and Sean Tucker had a really good game against Clemson last year, 157 mm-hmm. yards. So he's feeling good. And then we've talked about this with Syracuse the emergence of not just Schrader, but OG, Arande Gadsden II, who's become that go to guy. I, the teams that have really hurt Clemson through the year this year, and there's only one, it's Wake Forest, they had multiple options. So I do right. think that's a concern for Cuse when we know you want to throw the ball, you want to target Gadsden 10 or 15 times. Like we know that, that's obvious. So Clemson can at least focus in on that. But I do see this offense having at least some success against this Clemson defense. Well,
0: yeah, I think that's what's going to be interesting is just how does Syracuse decide to attack these guys? Is it going to, you know, trusty rusty there with with Gadsden, the things that that he has been able to do, the the positions that they have put him in? It was really interesting talking with with Schrader on Wednesday saying – this guy's a, a flex tight end. He's not really yeah. a wide receiver. And I'm just like, he man, huge. that's crazy to think about. Yeah, being 6'5", and they line him up in the backfield, out wide, in the slot, at the H-back at times. And so it's almost like, where's Waldo? You, you better know where he is because they're going to be targeting him. They're going to be you know trying to get him the football. So what does that look like? Now, since the Wake Forest game where Clemson went like man-to-man every snap and got burned every snap and, and just abused almost – they have, they have hit it better and, and done a lot more zone coverage behind the guys. So it'll be interesting to see, do, do they want to revert back to that, knowing that there's really only this one threat and, and just have help over the top of him and, and give him the attention that you know, he has certainly deserved? Or do they just do business as normal, what they kind of have found out has been working in the, in the passing game since that game? Uh, going to be interesting. But going back to Cuse offensively, I'm very interested to see how much Garrett Schrader runs, whether it's design Mm -hmm. or by nature, just because that's what he wants to do. That's the guy that he is where he uses that big, strong frame that he has and and gets after guys and really can make some crazy things happen. And then on top of that, where do they line up? Sean Tucker, you know, that's kind of the second wall there. You don't know where he is because he's such a playmaker and we've seen them be very creative with him. Try to get that matchup. Try to get him on a linebacker out in space, and then let him go to work. So, really, that that three headed monster from Syracuse is going to get a ton of attention as it should. That leads you to ask AG: who, who else steps up? Is there this you know role player guy that is going to be kind of forgotten by Clemson that you know has a career type day?
1: And if I'm Clemson, I'm saying let's see who that guy is because. <laughs> yeah. I don't want Gadsden or Sean Tucker to beat me, or at least one of them. You know, you need to try to take one of them out, whether it's limiting Sean Tucker right. or limiting Aronde Gadsden. And really, Mac, I think the offenses in this game for both teams are the, should be the least of, of the concern for each fan base. I think Syracuse's offense is gonna, is going to play well. I think Clemson's offense, especially after FSU, where you saw a little more creativity than you did against Boston College, the O-line has been playing well, and Shipley is just being explosive. But I will say for Cuse's defense, which is one of the best defenses in the country and the best right now in the ACC, this, I think this game is really about that defense and how they can confuse DJ. Syracuse under Dino Babers, they're never really about getting after the quarterback. They have three guys up front. They're not, they're not really about that. They're about confusing the quarterback with their coverage on the back end and trying to force turnovers. This is a game where DJ's got to make the right decisions and where Clemson's wide receivers have got to play well. You, you can't see drops. You can't see these different types of things. And different receivers have started to emerge. Things are looking better for this receiving core. But if they play anything like they did last year, it's it's going to be rough. But I, I, I do think the tight ends, Antonio Williams, Bo Collins... You're seeing guys play really consistently for
0: yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, this is two very different teams from a year ago. I think that's what's so exciting. You know, when you it look is, at this game, it is. It's very different. Yeah, when when you look at this game from a ten thousand foot view here, and, and look at just the matchup in particular, this is the first ever six and0 or better matchup mm-hmm. in Death Valley I mean that's crazy and big shout out to crazy. Austin Pintergus for for finding that out go check him out on Twitter he's got if you're a Clemson fan if you're not don't waste your time uh, <laughs> that's all that there is there's some great nuggets uh, about Clemson but that was mind-blowing to me out of the 80. 80- one, I think it was years or whatever. How many years they've been playing in Death Valley? That was nuts. That this is, that is this wild. is going to be the first time. Shout out to Syracuse for for being the team to get that done. I mean, who, who would have who, thought? Who, who had the money on that? I mean, you you just cashed out. Congratulations. Um, when I look at this defense, KG, you, you know, it's funny. I I had this little revelation almost when we were talking with Schrader, and and you know, we just asked him. We straight up said, you know, hey, you're a totally different guy. You look this mm-hmm. and that. That blah blah blah. And he said not really. I mean, I'm, I'm a yeah. same guy. Uh, we just have a better offense. We, we run things where it's not as predictable, where it's not third down before we have to throw the football. And I, I thought that that was very interesting because that started to to make me think about Clemson's situation and, and the Ooh. offensive scheme that is now around DJ and and the things that we're seeing from him, not taking any credit away from, from DJ as, as a player at all, but I just have to think that we said year, a year ago, I, I kept remembering my, my one kind of defense was everyone's like, man, this offense is so boring. This offense isn't doing this and that. And my response always was, well, they can't do this boring stuff well. So why would they try to do the tricky stuff? Now they can do the vanilla stuff so well. And we're seeing some trick plays. We're seeing a lot more motion. We're seeing a quarterback that, that, can process, yeah, that can process all of that information and now let's do more. Let's open the playbook up more. And so I think you've got to give Coach Streeter and this staff. Dabo Sweeney has certainly called some of these these tricky play calls. You got to give them a lot of credit for for number one believing in their guy, but also now unre- unveiling stuff and you know really letting it go. So I'm with you. I think the game plan for Clemson continues to be who you are. It doesn't matter what defense you're playing. These guys are fantastic in coverage, not allowing points. And in the red zone, they give they do not give up a bunch of points once they allow you to get down in there. Clemson, of course, has scored on hundred percent of their red zone trip. They're so perfect. I, I'm excited to see this attack, but I think the the model for success for Clemson is get your tight ends involved heavily, get Shipley involved heavily. And then when we throw it downfield, let's let's make some big plays for our quarterback from the wide receiver position.
1: Last year's Syracuse game was a little bit of a breakout game for Davis Allen too. So I think You're going to see Davis Allen and Brenningstool, And people forget this. Yes, Syracuse has new coaches on the offensive side, Beck and Anai, and those have made a huge difference. Clemson also has a new offensive coordinator. People haven't really mentioned that. Tony Elliott, who's now the head coach of Virginia, moved on. And, yeah, Streeter comes from the Tony Elliott tree, but it's obvious that there's a set of fresh eyes on this. Right. And that he was able to, in the offseason, say, all right, DJ's our guy. How do we mold this offense to his skill set? And of course, DJ's been playing a, a ton better, but Clemson also has a new OC. I feel like people don't mention that.
0: Yeah, the I other- think one more one more quick thing, KG, that, that is interesting about Clemson's offense that, that still people, I don't think, are giving it enough credit as, as really it deserves. These guys have scored 30 plus points in all seven games. Mm. How many times has that happened, you ask, in the history of Clemson football? Three. This is the third time ever. This wow. is legitimately one of the best offenses Clemson has ever had. And, and so when you see the consistency of it, you see the way that the quarterback's playing. The offensive line is, is so much improved in the things that those guys are doing as a unit. Just all five being able to play all the time together. That This team's rolling. They, they really are. And I think they haven't played their best ball yet. I think they're only getting better, which is why this game is so intriguing. Both teams. I don't think both teams are anywhere close to what they can be final form.
1: Well, Schrader said that. He told us. He said, we still, we're only six games into this new offense, and, and we can be better. The other factor here, Mac, the other kind of elephant in the room, and this is <laughs> this, this plays into my stat as well, and then we'll give our picks. This is Syracuse's first ACC road game. It's just their second road game of the season. The first road game was at UConn, which does not count. Even if people are saying, Kelly, there were 25,000 people there or whatever. That's cute. I mean... It's UConn, and Syracuse was so much better than UConn that it didn't matter. So I think that's a factor, and my stat really is the Death Valley factor of it all here. Clemson has won 37 straight. You've probably heard that a million times, but it's true, and the only loss was to Pittsburgh, the shovel pass game of 2016. Syracuse has played one road game. Syracuse has never won in Death Valley. I I think these are factors. It's similar to what we talked about with the Clemson-NC State game. There is... A built-in advantage, if, if Vegas gives a team – that was my doorbell – if <laughs> Vegas gives a team three-and-a-half points or whatever for being at home, I think for Clemson and Death Valley that goes – to five or six. I mean, that's yeah. that's just how important that home field advantage is. And as Dabo said, Matt, grab your biscuits, tape your ankles, let's go. <laughs> I love that quote from Dabo.
0: I'm with that. Hey, as I kind of respond here about that Death Valley thing, could you find what Clemson is against the spread for me? Kind of live for our viewers here while I'm kind of rambling here. Oh yeah, year. on the season? Um, yeah, on the season. I just Hold like on, can we
1: good. pause for one second just so I make sure that no one is truly at my Absolutely. door? Absolutely. Okay, stand by.
0: Um, all right. Update. Was it a package or is it a delivery?
1: I wish it was a package. Um, the guys are here to treat the grass, keep the grass looking looking right. The grass. So that's exciting. <laughs> Always. But Mac, please package. continue with your point here.
0: OK, there we go. <laughs> so I, I think, KG, honestly, when, when you look at this Death Valley experience, when you look at, you know, how much does that matter? You know, Syracuse is going to roll up <laughs> to the stadium on Saturday morning. They're going to be saying, We ain't in Syracuse anymore, okay? It's going to be a different shade of orange. And and I think that the the lucky thing is it's not a night game. I mean, because that would just be miserable. But you you have to think this new offense, the new things, all the motions, all the creativity, it's going to cause some problems not being able to just hear. It's going to cause some problems having that chaos that is Death Valley and, and the crowd that those guys have. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be fantastic. It's homecoming. It's going to be yep. loaded up. So the valley, uh, it's going to be rocking for a noon game.
1: It's a factor. It's it's a fa- and it. I think it would be a factor if this game was in the dome because right. the dome has been lit this year. It, it ha- absolutely has. Okay, so on the season, Mac Clemson is four and three against. The okay, spread.
0: so not that good still.
1: But they've covered three straight. Yeah. So they covered against Georgia Tech. They didn't cover against Furman, LaTeX, or Wake, but then they covered against NC State, BC, and FSU. Okay, but That's something to keep in mind. So
0: that's a little interesting because you look at some of those games, you're like, is there really even a real spread? So that's fascinating. When I look at Furman, I look at LaTeX. Those, right, those are if you want to throw those out. Yeah, those, those are always interesting games. Um, let me give you a quick key for both these teams before mm-hmm. you make a pick here. For Clemson, I, I think really it, it comes to that defense. It's all about – being who you are, being who you're supposed to be, being who you're expected to be in playing at a really high level. We, we've seen it at different phases at different times. This needs to be the game, this caliber on national television for everybody to see, you know, where Clemson kind of puts it together and says, here we are. We're, we're, we're hitting our stride going into October, November, where championships are, are won. And so for me, for, for Clemson, it's all about that defense. For Syracuse, it's almost the exact opposite for for that offense to weather the storm because when you're on the road, when you're playing in this type of environment against this caliber of team, things can happen. If it does, don't fall apart. Just understand that you're a team that's built for this. You're a team that has had Mm -hmm. success early. You have that confidence that you and I were talking about. What, what's more important, the confidence of doing what you have or being tested and having adverse situations? True. Don't let it phase you. And I think Garrett Schrader is experienced enough. I think that this defense for Syracuse is experienced enough to where you've got to stay locked in. This is a 60-minute game, and you have historically been in this game all the way to the very end.
1: Let's make some picks, Mac. I struggled with this. And those stats are interesting that Clemson's covered the last three. But I, I'm, a, I'm thinking a little differently than you here. I, I think I have a lot of faith in this Syracuse defense. And I think this defense and this format and this scheme has bothered Clemson in the past. And uh, Chestnut and Williams and Mikel Jones are all going to play is what we've been hearing, at least from what we know. I mean, it's still, you know, iffy, but whatever. I, I think Syracuse covers. I'm taking Syracuse plus 13.5. I think Clemson wins this game by 10.
0: I'm going to give you an opportunity to change that after I say this. Listen, you talk about that defense, all the the excitement about it. They play a dysfunctional Louisville team that doesn't know who they are. Hold them to seven. They play a horrific UConn team that whatever, JV teams can beat these guys. They play a Purdue team that lights them up, has billion-yard passing, scores 29, but they win. They play a Virginia team that you and I could stop at this point because they can't catch the ball. And then they play Wagner is what it is. They play a Devin Learyless NC State. Mm-hmm. I love the defense. I thought they'd be good. They haven't played anybody. Haven't played anybody. This is a much different beast that, that you're I'm walking sure. into. This I mean, is that's a team. the argument.
1: That's the argument against Syracuse. I yeah. Guess.
0: So with that in mind, are you still hanging high on that defense? You're yeah. feeling good about yeah. Okay, great. I'm try. taking Clemson. I think Clemson rolls. Uh, the over-under has moved. I think it's 49 and a half now. I'm probably going to take the over there. Um, I think that's a smart play. Even though yeah. both these defenses are really good, I, I think over is kind of the number you want to hit there.
1: There were thirty-one total points scored in this game last year, but as we've said, these two teams are so different. <laughs> Yikes. But maybe maybe I'm just being swayed by our guy Garrett. We had him on. Yeah. And Listen, dude looked you like, like he wanted to kill Clemson.
0: You hang out with the Axeman. You're you're talking with Garrett Schrader. You're just you're an orange girl. I understand. I get it.
1: I think Clemson wins by ten. So Syracuse covers. There you go. I think it's like thirty seven twenty seven, which actually was a score wow, like in twenty fourteen or something. Mark the two. Okay. Let's talk about the rest of these games. That's obviously the big one. And we're super excited to watch that one at noon. At twelve thirty on Saturday, Mac, we have Duke traveling to Miami. Four and three Duke, one and two in the league at Miami, three and three overall, one and one. In the ACC. Both of these teams have been so fascinating this year in very different (laughs) ways. Duke has been so much better than we thought. I'm pretty sure Duke has already passed their Vegas win total with four wins. Yes. And they've looked so much better than we thought. All their losses, except kind of Georgia Tech, are quality losses. They should have beaten North Carolina. And then Miami has just been Miami. They've, They've just been so hard to figure out. This game is at Miami. We'll see what kind of atmosphere this is. You've got a road Duke. Duke, as we have talked about on this podcast, really struggles on the road. TVD is out here slinging that thing, but they still can't run it. And Duke's offense seemed to figure it out last week, but also that was in Durham. So what what are your thoughts on this game, Matt?
0: Yeah, all those things that you just pointed out are very important because road Duke is so different than home Duke. As well as seeing the offense, what they're going to do against the Miami defense that has started to really figure themselves out and Correct. really start to play better, especially getting after the quarterback. These guys rank second, not in the ACC. They do rank second in the ACC, but also all of Power Five with 21 sacks. So they're getting after the quarterback. Uh, Akeem Mesidor, he has mm-hmm. been balling. It's been so fun to watch this young man. And we, I, I really, I thought that that's what we would see from him, you know, in, in the preseason, and it just took a little while. And, and now he, he's starting to figure it out. He's tied for first in the ACC with five sacks. So from that aspect, I think there's going to be a little bit of trouble for Duke. I just have to think that our guy, Riley Leonard, is getting more and more comfortable in the offense. He's very efficient, very effective. He takes you know what the defense gives you. At times, though, I would like to see him push the ball downfield a little bit more, mm-hmm. use Calhoun, use Jordan more, extend that thing out. Eli Pancol. Let's get those things, you know, really launching downfield. I think it a game ago, he averaged like five yards of completion or five yards an attempt. Right. So would like to see that a little bit more from him. Defensively for Duke, you know, we've seen some improvement. They've gotten their hands on the football, but ultimately not as good as it started, uh, KG. And I think you're, you're going against a Miami team that they're throwing the football. And a lot of people are saying, well, what's the biggest difference between Miami for the first four games and the last two you and I have kind of talked about this for a couple of weeks now. The, the offense was gattis Cristobal. They were going to run what they wanted to run. They ran the ball like 50% of the time. Dink and dump passes really put TVD in this phone box to make completions in. The last two games, they kind of threw that away and pushed the ball downfield, letting him rip it. He threw 60 times. He threw it 50 times. I would love to see them combined it. Uh, to kind of get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, to where we have this more balanced, holistic, offensive approach here. Because I think that's where you can really start firing. But at the end of the day, you got to use what you have. And that's a great quarterback in TVD, which in the last two games, he's thrown it a hundred times. He's completing it next to 70% of the time, nearly a thousand yards for five touchdowns. So let him throw the football.
1: (laughs) Oh, I agree. Let TVD cook. Let him throw the football. And Mac. Part of my concern here with Duke is road Duke, of course. But their offense figured it out last week, but Mm -hmm. they were playing North Carolina. Right. How much of that is North Carolina allowing them to figure out their offense? My stat, and so actually I want to start with this because we've talked about how Miami struggled to score in the red zone. Struggle to score like, anywhere. They just struggle well, to score,
0: period. touchdowns.
1: They're about middle of the pack in FBS. They rank about 60th. They've had 32 red zone trips this season. They've scored a touchdown on 19 of them. So they t- score a touchdown a little over 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. Duke is very similar. 33 red zone trips, 19 wow. touchdowns. Wow. That's not scoring. That's just touchdowns because you also mm-hmm. you know field goals count. So neither of these teams is great scoring in the red zone. And <laughs> my stat that is going to sway me on this game, Mac, it's the UNC factor for Duke. And it's this. Duke has the second worst passing defense in the ACC, oh, no. giving up 260 <laughs> yards per game. I really think TVD is going to cook all that together. And I know you think this line's a little disrespectful. I think Duke's bounce back is really a product of UNC. I'm taking Miami to
0: cover. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. I'm You're having not-
1: faith in Miami.
0: Well, good luck with that. Have fun. And I didn't last week. I took
1: Virginia Tech to cover, but that <laughs> was lucky. That they, was. they dominated that game last week.
0: That's true. That's very true. Um, I, a couple of things here. I think when I look at when I look at both these teams, and the the biggest concern that you just brought up there for Miami, great offense these last couple of games, moving all over the field, and then just can't finish. I think the emergence of Colby Young is really going to be beneficial mm-hmm. for TVD. Massive wide receiver, six foot five, two hundred and ten pounds, two hundred fifty pounds has really turned into a go-getter. I think we see him take another step. Hopefully, Xavier Restrepo comes back, and maybe we see this late season kind of surge from Miami, which would be instrumental there. When I look at Duke and I look at what they do really, really well offensively, it's run the football. Now, Coleman is out, and so they're going to have to do that kind of you know, three man weave with with Waters, with Leonard, and with Moore at the at the running back position. But the, the thing here is Miami does not give up a 90 yards rushing a game. So if they take that away, how comfortable are you throwing it 50 times? With all that said. So you're taking Mi- Duke? Nope. Miami can't score. Oh, yeah, I am taking Duke. I'm sorry. Miami can't score. Duke can't score. Ooh. Nine points might be the total of the game here, so I'm going to take Duke. Mm. I, I think they cover the nine. The over/unders 58. I have to think it's under that. I think it's going to be just a, a nasty game.
1: I agree with you on that. I think this may be the total I like the most of the weekend. Is <laughs> yeah. under 58 for Duke Miami. I do think it's going to be a little nasty.
0: <laughs> we'll see. I, the stat was from the football. Out. Yeah, they, they might. They might get in that end zone. We'll see. They, they haven't yet, but they they might.
1: Duke on the road, man. All right, two more games here. Another game that I really struggle with with this spread pick. Boston College at number 13, Wake Forest. BC's two and four. They're one and three in the league. Wake Forest is five and one, one and one in the ACC. This is a 3:30 p.m. game on ACCN. Wake is favored by 21 points. The total is 61 and a half. Wake is coming off a bye, so is BC. So both teams can kind of figure themselves out. Jerk got mugged in the Clemson game. He got beat up, and that game was not as much of a blowout as the score indicates, but BC definitely couldn't score, so it didn't mm-hmm. feel like it was really ever going to be an issue for Clemson in that game. And BC's coming off Clemson, which can be tough when you have to bounce back for, for depth issues and fatigue and all these different types of things. And you got Sam Hartman on the, <laughs> on the Wake Forest side. So I, I think Wake wins this game, Mac, But that spread worries me. Does it worry you?
0: It's a massive number. Anytime you see 21 in conference play, not by a team that's the Clemson Tigers, that's fascinating. But they
1: are Wake, Probably second best team in the league.
0: And and I think you got to give them respect. These guys have been ranked 20 straight weeks, longest active streak in the ACC. Wake Forest is good, and and they need Mm -hmm. respect. And I think the only reason that I might take them here is because that defense has been playing so much better. Two games in a row now, they have cut their te- the team they're playing rushing attack in half. They they held FSU to 110 yards. They held Army to, to 200. I think they averaged three-something or, or something around there. So to me, we're seeing improvement in an area that Wake Forest has, has held them back and, and been their Achilles heel, which has been that defense. I'm excited to see them after a bye. I almost think, like a couple of teams that we we have spoken about kind of these last two weeks, this might hurt them because they were playing so well. They were so hot. Now you take a break. And, and I even saw Coach Clausen saying, you really don't want to take a, a bye when you're playing so good. You, you want to keep going. You want to keep rolling. We'll be interesting to see kind of what do they look like. Are there any any rust there? But I mean, Sam's being Sam. He he's just so good. He's he's so close to you know tying ACC history there, moving into the fourth spot, you know, with Deshaun Watson, with Trevor Lawrence, with um, ninety pass or ninety touchdowns that he's responsible for. So he, he's just a guy, KG. That man, I think that he's going to be the answer. I think he's going to get it done. I'm taking Wake to cover, and I might go over. I might go Ooh,
1: over 61 and a half. I don't know if BC scores enough for you, but I'm with you. (laughs) We agree. We're both taking the geeks to cover. I I just think BC is in such a tough spot right now, and they showed good fight against Clemson, but they still couldn't score. And when you think, okay, both coming off a bye, BC's coming off Clemson where they scored three points and got beat up. Mm -hmm. Wake's coming off Army where they dominated and they rolled. So – Wake is in a much better position, and I doubted Wake. I took Army to cover against Wake, and what I just I feel like I got to switch up the <laughs> karma here because that wasn't right. That was just stupid. My stat in this game, Mac, I was thinking back, and I saw that number, and my first thought was, how many times has Wake even beaten BC by 21, ever? Well, in two of their last four meetings, Wake is won by 21 or more points. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Now, both those games were at Boston College, weirdly enough, but... Wake has kind of dominated this series as yeah. of late,
0: so That's i think That's good. Wake this. Might is this a is this a guarantee right here?
1: A, a Gramlich and Macklin guarantee.
0: You can you can just have it. You don't have to put me in this.
1: I don't know if I feel like it's a complete guarantee, but I feel pretty good about it.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, I, I, it's a lock. I, I just think when I look at BC, it's just it's Zay Flowers and everybody else. Like yeah, he, and he's he, special. Yeah, but most of the time when he guy. walks on the field, he, he's one of the best, if not the best player out there. But I, ju- I just don't know. I, I think Wake is going to get after Phil Jakovic. I think they're going to make him uncomfortable. I think schematically they're going to do some things to take Zay away. And, and when you do that, there is His nothing life. left for for BC right now in their current state. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to see you know just what, what BC is able to do the rest of the year. But like you said, I, I'm taking Wake here.
1: All right, so we found a pick we agree on this week.
0: Our last game, I did not think it would be. No,
1: me neither. I thought it would it would be a different one. All right, our last game is just kind of crazy, and (laughs) we'll try to predict it. But I mean, who the hell knows? Pittsburgh at Louisville. Pitt is four and two overall, one and one in the league. They have that weird loss to Georgia Tech. (laughs) Louisville is three and three and one and three in the league, but they're coming off a win over Virginia without Malik Cunningham. Louisville's a two and a half point favorite. Total's 55. This is the primetime game on ACC Network, 8 o'clock. Louisville, even more the team of mystery, right? Because they won without Malik. And they're coming off a bye week. It sounds like Malik is going to play, which is a good thing. But Malik also has not thrown the ball well this year. So even more of a team of mystery because we're seeing a team that's going to look different than they did two weeks ago when they won.
0: Right. And that's just... That's who Louisville is. That's who Louisville has been the, these last couple of years. And, you know, it's funny. I, I jumped on a, a Louisville-based podcast earlier this week, the, the, the pink seat guys, uh, which I love that because when I went to Louisville, I saw that. I was like, why are their seats pink? And it's kind of an inside joke there. They're just faded red. I think they fixed it now. Yeah. It's not pink anymore. But uh, in that regard, it was interesting talking with them and their point of view, because I, I love jumping in with not that they're local, but local people. Who are just focused on that team, right? Because mm-hmm. they see things differently. They they know a little bit, maybe more inside the program, things like that. And they asked me straight up. They were like, "Why has Malik Cunningham regressed? You know, mm. why, what do you see? Because he's thrown three touchdowns. I know he didn't play last it's week. Crazy. He's thrown three touchdowns in in five games. Whatever it is, that is nuts. And for me, I reflect back KG to our interview, to our sit down with Coach Satterfield, where. He said there were times in practice where we do not let him run. We force him to throw the football. We we don't allow him to use his best attribute and say like that. But when I think about that, I kind of think back to DJU and and the confidence thing from a year ago. I think of Mm. how important is it at the quarterback position to be the guy, to understand that I control all of this. I'm the reason that it goes. And if you're doubting yourself, if you're doubting your abilities, if you're thinking about staying in the pocket to force a pass instead of taking off and being creative, how much does that affect your play? And I think that's what we've seen. Now, ironically enough, Leak is like third in the conference in rushing yards and second in rushing touchdowns. But I do think that that has negatively affected him as a passer. I do think some of the things that they have done from a scheme coaching personnel deal has hurt him. and. uh, I hope we see a turnaround. I hope that you know they kind of use some of the things because they called a different game, obviously, uh, without him. But some things that I think that he could do really well, I'd love to see that type of game plan with him this night against Pittsburgh, who's a, obviously a better defense. It, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see, but I, I think that's a real concern.
1: That's a great point. I remember that conversation with Satterfield. And he did play well against Florida State. That was a great game and a game that Louisville probably should have won. When we asked Mike Norvell if – because we interviewed Norvell closely after Satterfield. So it was on my mind. I was like, did you guys do that with Jordan Travis at all? Did you tell him in practice you got to stay in the pocket and throw it? And he was like, no, we didn't do that with Jordan Travis. We so let that's, Jordan why Travis Why would you do that? It's so weird. So that's – the contrast was very interesting. Yeah. It was. Um, for Louisville, the other, the other kind of strategy I've taken with this team that I've noticed, this is what they've done this year, loss-win, loss-win, loss-win. I mean, they that's what they've done. Now, here's what's crazy about Louisville. They're kind of the opposite of Syracuse. Louisville has only played two home games. This is just crazy. their third home game of the season. They've played four road games. So that's been tough. Like that, we, we talked about Louisville's schedule being difficult, and it is. The fact that they're back at home, I know this goes against loss-win, 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 <laughs> but I also think Pitt is so one-dimensional right now. Right. And they're missing their left tackle, which, Mac, I know you can elaborate on. And Louisville's really good at rushing to pass her. the passer. I think they're going to be able to limit a Kanda. Yeah. So I think I'm taking Louisville to cover here. And it's against the win-loss, win-loss, but they've been a lot better at home.
0: You know, it, it's crazy to look here and see because I'm basically picking between Izzy or Malik. That, mm. That's where I feel like this comes down to because both guys are just so vital to True. the team, so much of the success, except for a week ago with uh, Louisville uh, or two weeks, is a big piece of what they do. And, and so, to me, when you know I look at the team of mystery, this would be perfect for them to get a win here because it goes against everything. We don't know, keep us on our toes here. For, for Pittsburgh and, and just how special, you know, Izzy is. And, and again, I joked about somebody scoring. He just scored again. He just had another rushing. Oh, yeah. Touchdown. unbelievable he's ridiculous. Historical performance. He's fifth in FBS with 138, 140 yards per game rushing. He, he's just, he's that guy. And I think that, you know, Pitt has identified that this is what we're going to do. We're going to run the football. We're going to be this team that is going to trust our guy and we're going to give it to him, give it to him, and give it to him. When they decide to throw, as you mentioned, that could be a problem because Carter Warren is out. He's done for the year. Louisville leads Power 5 with sacks, and they do not schematically draw up a bunch of crazy stuff, all these exotic blitzes like Pittsburgh does, like Clemson does. They've just been beating you with their guys up front, and, and it has been fascinating. Zur Abdullah has had an amazing season. When, when I see the things that, that he is doing, uh, Diaby is playing really, really well. All these guys are – They're just they're really having a great season individually that goes into the part of why can't we all get on the same page at the same time to get the result that we want. I think because of what you said, it's at home. There hadn't been a lot of home games. It's a night game. Louisville is a tough place to play when they want to be rocking. I think this team's going to come out, uh, get some support from these fans. I think it's going to be a tough environment. Defense wins the day here for for Louisville. Mm. I'm taking the cards. I'm taking the cards.
1: Wow. Okay. So with that in mind, everybody
0: go to the bank and bet heavily against Louisville, and you'll win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they don't make sense ever. And Mac, we're really tempting fate here, going against the loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. Right. We're right. tempting fate, but it's very crazy that this is only Louisville's third home game. What a what a weird thing with their schedule. Yeah. And let's let's assume the pink seats will be full and the bourbon will be flowing, and, you know, the fans will help this team out.
0: I hope so, because it's a special place. It's a cool environment, and uh, those guys deserve it. As hard as they work, they, they need to have a, a, a slam dunk in regards to who shows up and the amount of fans there. My alarm just went off, KG. I have to go get after these ribs. That's <laughs> it from us. We got to go. I got to get out of here. Another awesome episode. So much fun breaking down these uh, – little but impactful games this weekend can't wait on monday to break it all down especially that one in the valley that that one's going to be fun to talk about but if you guys do not have sirius xm go get it get in your car get it on your phone take us anywhere that you want to go as kg said we got to that thousand mark on youtube big shout out to you guys let's keep it going go over there rate review subscribe always fun to hear from you guys but until next time we'll see y'all.